0: Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night shir. Tonight's shir is dedicated to B'at Shevachana, Bas, L'Chayim, This Shabbos is Parshish Devadim, we begin the new Sefer. Everybody always has a good laugh, I try to pronounce it in English. So this year I'm going to deprive everybody. I'm not saying it. Um, this Shabbos is Shabbos Chazayim. Namely because named after the Haftada of Shabbos. Which is Chazayim Shayo, Is the third... Um, it is the third of the three Have three Shavasim of Puranes which began at the beginning of the three weeks we may discuss Shabbos Chazin discuss Pashas Dvarim, something on Hechus Beis HaBechir Also, this Friday, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Mayad Shabbatah, is Hei of, Hei Menachem of, which is the outside of Rizal HaChai. Many people make do, go pilgrimage, do a pilgrimage up to the Rizal's cave at Tzvas, Ira Um become a little trying, because the busses, etc., but Yidin Baruch Hashem persevere, and they make sure that they go, and the throngs of Yidin that go to the Caver, may all the fill be answered, the Tevah Baruch Hashem. Umish as we spoke many times, is, considered, is called Mishneh Teira. <laughs> it's called Mishneh Teira. It's a repetition of the first four Svarim, And therefore, many different ramifications are in effect. Firstly, as we spoke about the 12 shuris between the Chemosham, the 12 shuris are counted only between Bereshesh Shemait and the Yikra. Between Bamid and we do not count the four lines. Hence, the 12 lines that we've spoken about many times. The times between Shivas of and Tishabav are known as. Bein Hamitzvotim. We spoke last week about the Shabbos on Bein Hamitzvotim. It's a chukat It's a stira. contradiction one with the other. Bein Hamitzvotim, we spend time of avelas in technically mourning in commemoration of the destruction of the, the holy temple of the Beis Hamidash. and of course, as we're going to speak later in Hilkas Beis of Shem. As we prepare ourselves, anticipate the the ultimate redemption and the, t- the construction of the third Beis HaMikdash. But Shabbos of, of Bein Hametzarim. On Shabbos, there is no Availus. There is no mourning on Shabbos. That's with a u one may not mourn on Shabbos. Even in Rechman HaLutzon, somebody in the middle of a Shiva, on Shabbos there's no mourning. And therefore, when a person is in the middle of the year, for example, an Oval, if there's something on Shabbos that would blatantly show that they are performing acts of mourning, then they would not be allowed to do it. For example, if a person would always go to Shalom Zacher's, which is the Friday night after a baby is born, as we all know by now what a Shalom Zacher is, since this past Friday night to the Shalom Zacher, they brought a sacrifice. And it's a cell, as we all know. In the Holy Land of Israel, our brothers and sisters that were slaughtered by the Shabbos table, in anticipation of the Shalom Zacher for the newborn child, the newborn boy that came into the family. shami the So if we be going to the Shalom the person always goes, everybody knows, this person always comes to all Shalom Zachars then in the year of Avelis, it would not be proper for them not to go to a Shalom Zachar, because everybody would know blatantly that they're not going, because they're an Oval, and we are not allowed to practice any Avelis in the year, in on Shabbos. So much more so in the three weeks, a person on Shabbos cannot keep any Avelis. You're keeping score at home. Gimla Matveiz, 23 side, two. Texas, Dime Maschel Manda Omar talks about this. That on Shabbos there has to be an extra Simcha always. So, this Shabbos of the three weeks, one needs to even add to that Simcha. So, there should be no suspicion that there's any kind of mourning happening in the weeks of the Bain of that would diminish this Shabbos of Simcha. So simply speaking, this side factor that one cannot have any kind of suspicion of availus. doesn't give us actually the pointer that one must have Simcha, more Simcha than usual. But Tereus Chassidus reveals to us the connection between the essence of Shabbosim, the Shabbosim, excluding the concept of pain and mourning, but rather only having Simcha Yisera. Shabbos in general, Yaym Shekuli Shabbos, the Manucha We say the Shabbos is a taste of what it will be, God willing, when Shiach comes. We anticipate the time in our lives, if you keep your score at home, the Yamarah in Tomid Lamad Gimel Beis, 33, side 2. The Yamarah calls Shabbos calls the Tukufa, the time of Mashiach's coming, Yom Shekulei Shabbos. A day that's all Shabbos. There'll be no remnants of the bitter goals. So, so much more so, on Shabbos, which is similar, it's a taste of the world to come, of the future, when Mashiach comes. There's no room To even put any kind of iota of mourning in the Shabbos. And this is the ultimate tam-pnimi, as it's called. The secret reason, or the reason of truth of why one may not be mourning on Shabbos. But the real reason why we need to add Sim Shahbasan. This is tied in with the true concept of Golas. When we are in Golas, when we are in exile, we are anticipating, we are waiting, we are begging for the moment of Gula, for the moment of the redemption. It doesn't mean that after Gullos we go back to the same situation that there was before the destruction of the temple. Rather the Geula after the Gullos will be at such a high level that it won't even come close to the situation which we were before even the first temple. Gimara and Shabbos if you're keeping Skor at home Lamar Aleph Lamar 31 site 2 talks of the concept of Sesa Lamar As when a person wants to build a new house but there's a house existing on the lot they are say, they have to take down the first house the old house and they put up a new one why are they taking down the old house they're, say so, they're taking it down on Manas in order to be able to build. What do we anticipate? Obviously, that the new house that's going to be built is not going to be anything near what the old house looked like. It'll be nicer, it'll be newer, there'll be new floors and new windows, new roofs and new. Everything will be newer. New furniture, new appliances. Because if not that way, if you're just going to paint your house, then there's no reason to take down the old house just to put a coat of paint on the on the old, on the old house. So here we see that the actual purpose for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash was in order that the new one should be built on that much higher level. If that's the situation. In the whole redemption, so much more so when it comes to the Gula Mitzvah That this Gula will be a Gula Sheina a Gula that will never have an exile again. So it's definitely clear that this will be a Gula of a, of a much greater spectrum, in which the light, the new light, that God will shine down on the world. The Meitz Yishem the removal of the sun from its shade, <coughs> will be so great that we'll appreciate the fact that we've suffered in Galos. So from this we understand that the Shabbosim of the three weeks, which are part, a taste of the future we have to have we have to have people texting a little okay So much greater respect, so much more joy, and during these shabbos. <laughs> Therefore, we need to behave ourselves with an extra simcha, which the halacha is, it says clearly in yud, that it's mutil, it's permissible, even if Shabbos comes out, even Tishbab comes out on Shabbos, to add in the Suda Shleima in a grandiose way, the meals of Shabbos. Because the days of Shlema, also, were like the days of the Redemption. Therefore, this Shabbos, this Shabbos gives us the strength, to reverse the mourning, the pain, <coughs> to reverse it to the Mezazazim and to the biyas Mashiach and Keno, as it may be taken from Yat Namish. Pasha's Devonim is always read Shabbos before Tishabah known as Shabbos Chazain. Reference made to it is in this week's Pasha. Padig Dalid Aleph chapter four verse one The Yisrael Shema and you Jews now and now Jews listen The lawyer of the Jewish nation a man that found no fault in a Jew. A man, when they would talk, God forbid, during davening in his shul, instead of reprimanding, and instead of complaining, Rabbi Nishlein, look at my Jews, look at your Jews, they talk in the middle of davening. He would turn to heaven and he would say, Rabbi Nishlein, look how special your Jews are, even in the middle of talking, they daven. He found a schus, in everything and anything a Jew said or did. Which is a very, very strong... character. I don't know many people that can pull that off. He says about Shabbos Chazayim... that Chazayim is Lashen Mechzeh... to be shown. If every Jew is shown... the base Hamidah Shashlishi from distance. If you merit... You actually see it with your physical eyes. If you unfortunately don't merit, your neshama of each and every Jew sees it and is awakened by it. And Rabbi Yitzchak presents a mashal, a parable, and he talks of a father that sewed a beautiful suit for his son. His son put on the suit went out on the street played around, ran around like a little boy would do fell and tore the suit the father being full of compassion for his child had a second suit sewn a second suit sewn and again the child didn't manage to grow up overnight and went out and tore his suit. Now the father full of compassion and love to his child knew that he needed to reprimand needed to educate needed to put perspective his child's ideas and train, train of thought in perspective, went out and had a third suit sewn. However, he did not give it to the yearning child. Needless to say, of course, you know that the child was not happy about his first and second suit being torn. But now, his suit being torn... And knowing that his father had sewn a third one. But would not give it to him. Rather his father took the third suit and hung it in the closet. (laughs) And the child continued acting and living like a child. And from time to time. Father would take the child to the closet, open the closet. And show him the suit. Look Tatla. This is your suit. Start learning how to behave before you outgrow it. No, that's not what he said. <coughs> the same. Also, we have the same experience. Caused us our sins. The churban by the The truth being told that our sins caused the first churban. The first destruction was because of our sins. The second was because of the Sinas Khinam. Shkoyakh. Marajna is in the house. And therefore, the first temple was destroyed for the sins, and the second, as we said, for of Khinam. And the third is waiting, it is looming. And the Almighty is waiting to show it for us. tells us that on the Shabbos Chazayim, the Almighty shows us this Beis HaMidash. And the Abishnah has it prepared. It's a Beis HaMidash of fire. Why does the Abishtah do this? Not as a tease, but rather a way of awakening, a way of bringing awareness to us that we need to right our path. So that we merit to getting this Beisamidish. Pashas Devarim, as we said before, opens the book of Devarim. Not going to try to say Deuteronomy. See? I know exactly who's going to send me an email for that. Deuteronomy, yeah. Deuteronomy, yeah. It hints this in this very same point. The previous books, the previous four books of Moshe, B'eresh, Shmaiz, Vikram, Amidbar, were said, were told to the Der Amidbar, the Derdaya, the day that saw the Ebishta and the Yamsuf, the day that saw the Ebishta by Hasinai. All these generations are brought down in the title of the first four books so their connection with God was not hearsay at all that connection to God was visual they saw God there was no doubt that you could throw on their head no way of doubting anything that they heard or saw Kumishdabatram, Mysha is talking to the land to the generation going into Holy Land of Israel. This is a generation that already was affected, fought a battle or two, already had physical world. They didn't see these actual godly revelations. They're on a much lower level. They heard all about it from their ancestors, but hearing is not seen. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Moshe turns to them in the words of Ati Yisrael Shema, and now Jews, listen, because you are the generation of hearing. You are the generation that's going to hear what we're going to tell you. it's stronger belief. Because a person that believes by hearing, although even though they didn't see it, has a stronger connection to it. Although questions come up, person questions things, doubts things, Therefore, Moshe commands the generation, going into show gives them a concept known as Mesidis Nefesh, abnegation. Abnegation for God, abnegation for His Torah. To strengthen them, to warn them, extra warnings. because their belief level was so much lower but still in all as he brings them into the Holy Land <laughs> as low as they were from the, more, so much lower than the generation of the desert of the Midbar they ultimately are the ones that get that merit to enter into the Holy Land They're the ones ultimately that see Mishkan Shilai. The Beis HaMidosh was only built after they went into the Holy Land. Therefore, although the Deir Hamidbar had so many more Milas, had so many more pl- positive points to them, this generation it says Kile el you did not come until now, until the Menucha, which is Shilai, the Nachla, which is Yushalayim, Bamukha Zais Nitna Dafka Deir This this menucha was given only to this generation that came into El Sasal. Therefore we see now the connection between the Yerida and the Aliyah. They're going down and they're going up. Only when a person goes down to such a low extent, getting into the physical world, the mundane world, etc., only then can they get the revelations of the light of God. Only then can they build a base amigdash. This is a lesson in Shabbos Chazayin. From one side, it's Shabbos before Tishabav. the time of Churban, the lowest of low. But on the other hand, because we are so low, we have potential to achieve to rise up to the Taklus Aliyah, to the greatest lifting, the highest of levels of the Gula Shleimer, and this is why. Tafka and this Shabbos we are shown by Yishlishi the highest level that she and therefore we say through Mashiach the story told of a nice Israeli boy Who at the time wasn't yet religious. And he moved to Sweden and married a local, a Swedish girl, Um, which is unfortunately not from Jewish descent. And uh, married. I mean, you know, they had a a major party to make it, consider it a wedding. And um, try as he wanted, try as he may, he just wasn't cutting it Parnassah-wise. He wasn't making money. And it was getting difficult. And therefore, he was not too opposing to his wife when his wife said, maybe we should move to Israel. Yeah, friends, family—they'll help you set you up. They'll establish you there. Hopefully, you'll make money there, and we'll come back and live here. And they move to the Holy Land of Israel, the Holy Land of Israel. So much so that, although this. Swedish girl had no Jewish roots she made friends she connected to the family and even better she learned Hebrew but she was not happy just wasn't happy. Why wasn't she happy? Because it's the Holy Land of Israel. (laughs) And she felt she did not belong. A shiksa doesn't belong in the Holy Land of Israel. She could not come to terms with that. So she went on a search to learn a little bit about Yiddishkeit, because the family had nothing to do, they were not affiliated whatsoever. And, in Israel, it wasn't very hard to bump into a Beis Chabad. And she came into the Beis Chabad, and there was a shir. She listened and was intrigued. And she came the next day to the shir. And after a few days going to the shir, she asked her husband to join her. And he joined her. She was extremely inquisitive. She needed to know what was going on. She wasn't taking anything for granted. And she asked, and she went deep in questions. Whose is that? Her husband did like some people do. When she was asking the questions, he was sleeping. (laughs) And she really, really got into the study of Teda. And she started to have a feel for Yiddishkeit. And her husband said, you know, it's getting out of hand. It's not where I parked my car. I didn't sign up for this. But she had a strong panea to either guy. As time went on, she decided she's going to convert. And she asked him to wish, to join her. Come aboard with her. And he recommended, you want to convert, go to reform, go to conservative. She says, No way. We're doing this, we're doing this right. We're going to New York, where she found, again, a Chabad connection, who connected her with whoever does gear. And she was Magaya. Okay, the husband says, You're happy? Let's go home. She's crazy. We have to get married first. Now we have to have a chuppah, right? He acquiesced. and the have heard that she's making that having this wedding. So a bunch of Chabadnik that were affiliated with the guys in the came to the wedding and turned this into a wedding that's our party that first party that they had that they thought they were married paled to this there's nothing compared to this P.S. fast forward 11 children later living in Tzvassir HaKadosh very involved in being Makara of Yiddin bringing Eden closer to Avida Shabbat There was really no Parnassah. And the government started cutting back funding for families, family allowances. It was getting tough to cut it there with 11 kids. But where are they going? Every time they wrote to the Rebbe... They found a letter talking about going to the place where you can be influential on Jews. The only place they thought that could happen is in Sweden. Where is he getting now 13 (laughs) tickets to Sweden? Barely pay for food. How is he going to Sweden? And then our friends from Hezbollah started sending love letters to Israel via missiles. And they were coming up north as well. As the missiles landed up north, people started to relocate. They went to family in central Israel. Hoping that nothing reached there. But if you lived in Tzvas and you had nowhere to go you had no relatives he couldn't go to any of his family they were not religious he was stuck squeezing into the fallout shelters with his whole family it's a pretty bitter situation then there was a rumor that if you were a citizen, a foreign citizen, and you went to your embassy, they would put you up. So she said, listen, I'm Swede. <laughs> she called the Swedish embassy. She said, my little husband, my 11 children, and it's Poshes, of the coming in inside we need somewhere to relocate the fellow said, give me time. Let me look into it for you. Time didn't lapse more than half an hour. And he calls her back. Pack up. Pack your things. We're sending you now three or four taxis, whatever's going to need it. And we're going to take you. She says, I, I have to know where I'm going to be. I have to know, tell people. So you tell me which hotel you're going to? So says <laughs> hotel? You're going to the airport lady. Mm. She says, Airport? There's a hotel by the airport? He says, No. There's an airplane in the airport. You have a flight to Sweden, you and your family, At this and this time, the tickets are all purchased. And lo and behold, they have his recommendation and bracha to go to the place where they can help and be influential on Jews found them in Sweden where the Swedish government located them gave them housing gave them also um, as they do in most European countries family allowances and they were able to get on their feet financially and they were able to do whatever recommended they do so when we find ourselves in the lowest of low, we find ourselves right before Tisha B'av, almost in despair, not knowing what to do. We <laughs> When of comes in, Chudu Arim says, when Av comes in M'Maiten, we make less. What do we make less? We make less all our problems. How? B'Simchat. we minimize everything by doing, by being b'simcha Kumish Dvarim opens up with words of hechacha, reprimand Meisha, Meisha Rabbeinu reprimands the Jews for all they did over the course of the 40 years And he hints to them each one of the major sins and fallouts that took place. Chazal tell us Sages tell us He says in the words of reprimand mm-hmm. basically in the first Pasuk Eila di These are the words that Mesha spoke Bamidbar, first thing, Ba Rava, second thing, Mailsuf, a third thing, Bainparan Ubain for a fourth thing, Villavan Vakatseres Vidizahov, five, six and seven. These are places and Ashley explains and enumerates each one, where he hints to the sins that took place at certain times, certain era in the course of the forty years. Let us take, for example, Dizahav. What was Dizahav? The gold. What We don't find anywhere in the story of the 40 years in the desert something with Zahav. A place called Dizahav. So Rashi explains to us that the Dizahav that is referred to here is referenced to the sin of the golden calf. Moses is reprimanding them, reprimanding once again the nation on the golden calf that they made because they had too much gold. This is the explanation of the Rabbeinu B'chaide. Moshe Rabbeinu chose to mention these sins in a hint only. Rashi explains why. He mentions them in a hint for their honor, not to embarrass them. He was not looking to put them down. He was looking to remind them of the happenings or the mishaps that had taken place throughout the years. But in order to Keep their respect, keep their honor. He hinted everything. Not enough that he mentions it in a hint. The hint itself is a partial excuse as to why the sin took place. V'diza hav, they had too much gold. Because they had too much gold, they were throwing it around and they said they're gonna make an eagle. The sin of making the golden calf was horrific. The repercussions are years and generations later. But Mesha attributes it to the fact that these have Bamidbod They did something in the desert. In any sins they did in the desert. But Bamidbar is also a way of teaching us a limutzchus, a almost an excuse. The Jews were in the midbar, in the desert. In the midbar the reference to the midbar is made ha Midbar, Ha Ha Nachosh, Sarov, Akrav, Tsimas, Shain Mayim. It was a horrific thing. It was a petrifying situation. Scorpions and snakes and, and the who knows what. And the thirst that they had to be go through. No, is that not enough to depress somebody? Is that not enough to turn someone's head? They got have to stand up to many tests. Many different tests. So Moshe is trying to say... That yes, the sins you did in the midbar, but on the flip side, I'm also trying to excuse you for doing them because unfortunately you were in a midbar. Ba'arrava Rashi says, Bishwila arava Shechatu ba'alpa'er Sheetin ba'arrava's Mayav. The sin that they did by ba'alpa'er. Ba'arrava, is this arava's Mayev? we know very clearly that Mayav came from a fellow, the nation comes from a fellow named Mayav. Who was Mayav? Mayav was born from Light's daughter. How did he get a name Mayav? Because this filthy Michu was so not she had to let everybody know, he who? This child is from my father. And therefore, if a fellow comes into this world from such a union, from such a marriage, from such a mother, obviously, the mind frame is all precious So therefore, when you came against Mo'yav, you came against a nation that was so decadent, they really, really were a hard task to overcome. So, those who fell in could almost understand. They were the chief of Znus. Then Moshe says, Mo'yosuf. A hint to what happened by the Yamsuf They came to the Yamsuf and the, the praying and the screaming <speaking in Hebrew> were well, there not enough, enough graves in Egypt to bring us here to die in the midbar? Again, Misha says, <speaking in Hebrew> they were against the waters, against the beaches. Why did they revolt? Do me a favor. They were in a tremendously different, difficult predicament here. In front of them was the water, to the right, to the left was the desert, and coming on from behind was the Egyptians. According to the natural status of the world, the statistics, they were a statistic. They were toast. There was no way of climbing out of this. The only way was the yams of splitting. Who, who came up with that thought? Who thinks that the water is going to split and you'll be able to walk through on dry land? Standing there they started screaming. So maybe that's why they actually did it. Because Me'osuf, says Me'eshi Although he's mentioning that they did a sin there, he's mentioning why did they ultimately sin there. They were not a tough, they were between a rock and a hard place. And on the sin of the eagle, also Meisha says, Dizov. When Meisha prays to God to forgive for the Chet eagle, Meisha says to the Ebers, You caused this. You gave them so much. You want them not to sin now? How are they not going to sin? But here too, in other words, he was being Muhammad's khus, he was giving a hint of merit that the chata ego was because they had too much, which God gave them. From here we learn how important it is to be careful with the covet of a fellow Jew. Even when reprimanding a Jew for a sin that they had done, it needs to be done subtly, with a hint, and even to learn what happened, why the person did this sin. Because even the lowest lowest way of going, as low as they had gone, the Jews had gone, we spoke till now that the Yerida Tzarech Aliyah, that this going down is only a flip side to bring up the high, to bring up much higher. You take a tree, and you bend down the branch, and you hold it down. It afterwards projects back to higher than it was before, because when you bring it down, it jumps up even higher. And this ultimately brings to the shleimus hagula. So this is a lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us how we need to be so careful of how we speak to a fellow Jew not to hurt a fellow Jew by saying words not to hurt a fellow Jew by talking about them by writing about them by Insinuating something about them. But rather we need to be sensitive to the feelings of each and every fellow Jew. Posik talks about the beginning, 1st Possek, These are the words that Meishah spoke to the Jews on the other side of the Yardin. We have to understand what does Ever HaYardin mean. The whole land on the other side of the Yardin of Mizrach is considered ever HaYardin. Eivar HaDvarin implies these are the words that are said here in Arab Ismayov. Like it says the pasik before, at the end of the Chumash Bamidbar. Why then does the Pasik now change the Russian? And to mention the place, Ar instead of saying Ar it says, Eivir HaYardin. Perhaps we can explain this. Aver HaYardin, the other side of the Yardin is a place, a name, that's given to a place that references and connects to Etzazel. When you're talking about etzel you're talking about Etzazel is next to the Yardin, and therefore there's this side of the Yardin and this side of the Yardin. So it's only the other side of the Yardin when you're standing in it to sow. Arvis Mayav is the name of the place itself. It doesn't have a reflection from any other places. So therefore we understand why the Taylor changed the name in Sefer Bamidbar from where it says Arvis Mayav and it talks about Eber Yardin. It talks about the Jews traveling, their tra- journeys through the Midbar. But here in Devarim it doesn't talk about that. In Devarim it's talking about Shadiber Meishe, I'll call Yisrael Meishe. talking to the Jews, to the entire nation, as a preparation going into the Holy Land of Israel. And therefore in the, in the book of Midbar, there it says the name of the place, like part of the journeys that took place prior but in Safer Dvarim it's talking about a place the other side of the Yarden to stress that this is not the idea that is safer to tell us of what has happening which transpired to the Jews over the 40 years but rather a preparation to the entering into the Holy Land and therefore also Evera Yarden is not given a particular name but rather a name based on being the opposite side of the Yardin across from Eretz Yisrael. We see with your own eyes chapter 1, verse 8. I'm not telling you, you're going to see with your own eyes. It's not a rumor. And the First mask. and at that time, they hadn't come into the Holy Land yet. This Pasuk itself is taking place in Kediv. <speaking in Hebrew> so how is it possible to say that in they saw with their own eyes, and not by rumors, that nesati l'fneichem is aaretz, if they hadn't come there yet? Perhaps you could say the explanation is simple. This talking comes with the continuation of the words of Zaychacha of reprimand that Moshe is saying. The beginning of the Pasha 11 days from Khayrev to Haseyir, to Kadesh I'm sorry. From Khayrev to Kadesh should take 11 days. And Ashi says, Moshe told them the shortest way would be 11 days to get to Haseir but the Almighty made it for you for three days. Hashem so wanted to bring you into Israel so quickly. So, M'ar was done and express, to bring the Jews into Israel quickly. But now that Moshe said all oh, what he said, he reprimanded, he spoke about, again he's telling them about this particular journey. Hashem alikenu diber elena becherev leimer rav lechem shemus bar azep nu latsul lechem Hashem spoke to you, saying, "Enough." And therefore, elena satli fnechem asar es bayurishu. Here he's hinting the great wonders and miracles that would happen, that have happened to you till, till now in the journey of only three days, and how reu ato you will see how you'll be able to go into the Holy Land without any kind of trouble without any kind of opposition. And therefore, when they see this miracles, the miracles that happened before them, how the Almighty brings them quicker into the Holy Land, with no hesitation, they were at the threshold, at the precipice. So therefore, it see with your own eyes, as we will see this Shabbos of Khazain we will see with our own eyes, I did not talk about Hilchas Beis when Hilchas Beis HaBekhira, it comes at the end of Yechaskil, in the, the Nevuah, and David says, the, David says to, to Yechaskil, now go out and tell the Jews, all that I showed you, I have showed you about the third temple, the Bayez HaShlishi, tell them how great and how special it's going to be, and perhaps they'll understand, how they have to turn their ways, they have to turn and change their ways, so that they could merit to the Bayas Ashlishi, which is different than the Bayes and the Bayes different than the man-made temples, which were destroyed, rather this one, one dollar dollar store, different than the ones that were destroyed, this one will never be destroyed, this one, during the era of this temple, there will be no sin, there will be no bad, there will be no evil, it will all be eradicated, and may we merit to that, to see... Shabbos Chazayim, not just a Chazan of the Besamikdash, but actually the Besamikdash in its place in Yerushalayim, in HaKedosh HaRabayis in Kedosh, Kedosh HaKadoshim VeHuyi Goleno with Mashiach Kenu Shabbat Shalom to all and an easy fast.